Hello, hello, hello. We're it's back. Your favorite team of 1 p.m. PST Wednesday show people. I'm Chloe Condon, and I'm here, as always, with... Brandon Minnick. Great to see you again, Chloe. Good to see you, <laughs> B-Dog, my new nickname for you, that I just started calling you out of nowhere. <laughs> I haven't seen you since we had a little week off for um, Ignite. Oh, so good. I mean, I missed you last week, but we had been doing this weekly show for, well, since May. So what is that, six months? Almost yeah. a half a year every week. And uh, yeah, last week was the Microsoft conference Ignite, which had some really cool announcements. We'll, we'll chat about in a minute. But yeah, we decided why not take the week off, let the focus stay on the fun, new, cool things with Ignite. And then we'll come back the following week today to come say hi to everybody again. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, we won't introduce our guest quite yet, but uh, we have our first return guest today. I'm pretty, pretty excited. Yeah. Um, did you do anything at Ignite, Brandon? Oh, so maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Question? I, yeah, I, I did some uh, pre-recorded videos and nice. I, I shipped them into the Ignite team and they said, we'll take it from here. So I, a video of me, might have played at Ignite, but okay. I personally didn't see it. Although Ignite is following the trend of the recent Microsoft virtual conferences that last a couple days and go 24 hours a day. So yeah. there's a chance I could have been sleeping and folks in Australia saw my smiling face. Nice. <laughs> I did the same thing. I had some great chats with um, some of my coworkers, actually. So I chatted with Jim Bennett, who does IoT things on the academic ah, team with love me. Jim. Oh my gosh! I hope I, I will find the link for the video. I believe the the videos from Ignite are either going to be posted or, or have already been posted. We'll get those links for you. But Jim did this amazing demo. I think we were only chatting for ten or fifteen minutes. So it's a very short video, but he manages in one video to show a IoT demonstration using little Lego stormtroopers and determining if it's built correctly or not. I know. So How cool, cool is that? Uses IoT Hub. I loved, loved, loved um, chatting with him about it. Jasmine as well. Um, chatted also about amazing. Chatbots. Jasmine is incredible. Um, one of my Animal Crossing friends. Add me on Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just a really fun event. I also talked with Megan. Um, so I got to do a lot of different pre-recorded interviews. Same situation where uh, I got random messages and, and tweets from people saying, great job at building. I said, oh, or sorry, Ignite. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, I guess it must have aired. But you know what didn't happen to me this time, Brandon, which is happening a lot more often, as I'm sure if anybody here has ever spoken at a conference or even done a play or a musical, I don't know about y'all, but whenever someone takes a picture of me on stage, is the most unflattering photo. Like I'm like, <laughs> and I look like a witch or something. And I was surprised I didn't get any screenshots of uh, people. So hopefully, hopefully my hair, my, my glasses, they were looking good. It wasn't making any crazy faces. I'm sure I was. Um, <laughs> but it was a fun oh, yeah. ignite or ignite, Ugh, ignite build. I have to keep them straight in my head. <laughs> I know I get them confused too because we have, well, Microsoft has uh, build, inspire, and ignite are the three major yearly conferences. And yeah, I mean, big conferences with big announcements. It's easy to get the names swapped around. But mm -hmm. I actually, have you ever been to Ignite in person? I 
did Ignite the tour. Um, I did That's not right. get to go to Ignite in Florida, but actually this is kind of a good segue for our guest because I had a lot of FOMO about the last in-person Ignite because it was in Orlando and I believe Ooh. they took over Universal Studios for like the evening or something. So I was hearing, I was living vicariously through many other people, uh, people in the chat. If you went to this ignite, tell me what I missed out on because <laughs> I'm sure we're going to be talking about theme parks today on our episode. Um, but I hear that ignite is really cool. Have you been to one before? Um, only, only the tour as well. I joined the ignite tour when we took it to Seoul in South Korea. And that was earlier this year in January, just before the pandemic hit and we all, uh <laughs> stop traveling and stayed at home but uh no i've only been to build of the three big microsoft official conferences but same i think that's maybe someday like in my <laughs> mind, it's like build 2.0 <laughs> but i really enjoyed the tour and i had the pleasure of going to milan and prague on microsoft ignite the tour which was basically like ignite on the road it's like you see wicked on broadway you see wicked on tour that's how i felt um, <laughs> it was really fun i got to meet a bunch of microsoft users um overseas and and uh talk all about azure and and oh my goodness i got to speak at one of my favorite meetups shout out to prague one of my favorite new cities i've been to um but ah. if you are a woman in tech in prague May I recommend the best named group in uh, meetup group in the world, Chiquitas? It's a Czech programming group for women in tech. Check it Thank out. They're doing really, really great things. Um, and myself and Frank Boucher and a couple other cloud advocates got, got to talk to Chiquitas. So um, big fan of Ignite the Tour, although sad that uh, I guess everybody kind of got to go to the same Ignite this year, which is nice. Everyone gets the same experience yeah, from home. That's true. <laughs> so I guess to answer my own question, yes, we all have been to Ignite. Because we were all there this year. Yes, that there is we go. true. <laughs> I did register and I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe I was even in it. Who knows? If anybody saw me, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, should we bring in our guests? Because I'm sure we need all the time that we can to talk about the very, very, very important topics that we have on the docket today, which include everything from theme parks, Shania Twain, I, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> so many good things. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, PJ Metz. Oh, a prop. PJ! A prop? Oh, that? goodness, sorry. PJ, we're live. We're live. I didn't see you there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing a bit of learning about uh, what I assume is JavaScript's dad, because I don't know <laughs> a program. Wow, I think it's a coffee book. Welcome, PJ. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I'm so excited to oh be back gosh. here. PJ, of course, yeah. your first return guest on the show. Uh, so exciting. And um, I can't think of anyone better to be our return guest. Such a talked about episode by me, personally. <laughs> <laughs> so many things have happened since then. But first, I'm going to bring up a little icebreaker real quick. Something was happened recently that uh, has been in the news and we've all uh, been talking about highly debated. And uh, I think we need to talk about what's on everyone's mind, which is that Farmville is leaving Facebook. 
Uh, so. It's absolutely the biggest <laughs> thing in news right now. Uh, you can't go anywhere on the internet without people talking about uh, Farmville leaving. I mean, what will our uh, middle-aged aunts send us on Facebook now, really? <laughs> it's so wild. I think, uh, so I, I actually, I, I bring this up because we're, we're always bringing up these fun tech things that are happening in the news. And I read this. I got a, a push notification on my on my Google News alerts. Um, fun fact. Oh, push that notification. I, very important news. Very important news to me. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if I've shared this on the show before. So first we should say, PJ, a little bit of background on you um, before we get too far into things is that you are learning how to code and you are a high school teacher. So yeah, that's right. can you give us a little background? I know we we obviously know how you got here, but like, tell uh, us how you started on this little journey. Well, uh, as a high school teacher, that basically means I spend a lot of time doing a lot of work and I don't get a lot of money for it. Uh, so I was in a... Happy hour with a bunch of friends. That includes Brandon and another friend of ours, uh, who is also a, a software engineer and works with computers and such, was talking about how his company was underpaying him. And I was like, that's really unfortunate. It doesn't feel good. And that's something that can happen very easily to a lot of people uh, in tech. You just sort of know what the going rate is. And you're like, I feel like I'm not getting what I'm worth. And when he said the amount that he was not getting, um, I realized that was my yearly salary. And I was like, man, I wish I made money. And Brandon was like, you know, PJ, you can always switch jobs. And then he like took me aside and like whispered in my ear. He's like, yeah, you could probably code. Like, like if I can do it, you can do it. I was like, oh, well, sure. And like, it was a happy hour. So I was feeling happy. And these are all friends that I just... I love immensely. And when Brandon said that, uh, something just kind of clicked in my brain that that forced me to try it. It's like, just give it a shot. It's It was like May. Um, the pandemic wasn't going anywhere. Uh, school was basically done for me. I had another month left of online teaching. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So he sent me some C-Sharp 101 videos from Microsoft. And I learned a little bit from Scott Hanselman and I started watching those. And then I signed up for Code Academy. And then I was like, you know what people really need to see is a 35 year old man doing badly at coding. So I signed up for a Twitch account and I stream once in a while on there. And I'm slowly learning C sharp. Um, I created a website in ASP.net. It's your new favorite poem, YNFP.net. And Really, I'm I'm so very early in this in this journey. Um, I uh, I mean, I'm still a high school teacher. Like I just worked today, and I'm giving a test on Sir Arthur <laughs> Legends tomorrow. And, oh, nice! Oh, it's great, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It's a classic Christmas. You got to play story. some of them. The the original Broadway soundtrack of Camelot. You know, get them. Uh, as- <laughs> that's exactly what the school hopes I'm going to do. It's like, instead of teaching the book, I'm like, well, get ready. We're just going to listen to a musical, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, I met PJ uh, through Brandon because I myself am a, a non-traditional background engineer as well. And PJ and I clearly have bonded over our, our non-traditional paths and also our very quirky sense of humor. A little bit more on that later with a project that we're going to share with you in a little bit here. Um, but to continue my story. So uh, to, re- to recap, Farmville, 
no longer on Facebook. <laughs> Looked into this myself. Turns out that uh, Facebook is no longer going to be supporting Flash Player. That is why they are leaving. They will still have an app for Bill is not going away. Don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> but I wanted to bring this up because, PJ, this reminds me of my one of the many, many, many jobs that I had before. I was uh, working in the tech space. I guess I was technically working in tech because I was working in gaming, just not in a technical role. Yeah, that's one of my very first jobs out of college was working for Kixai, which was a competitor to Zynga um, back in like the peak of Silicon Valley. This is like 2012-ish, 2013. Yeah. Um, one of the longest jobs that I've ever had in my life. And I worked in VIP customer support on this game. And what does Ooh. that mean in a game? Well, not the red carpet. It means that you provide VIP support to what they call in the industry. This is an industry term for people who spend large amount of money uh, on a game. Oh, whales. whales. Yes, I was in charge of VIP whales. Such a weird thing to say. Otherwise, You're a whale wrangler. <laughs> and I answered <laughs> support tickets all the ding dong day. And um, it was a really interesting experience in my life. And I actually talk about it a lot in engineering interviews because it gave me a lot of empathy for customer support agents. Because having worked on a game where, sorry, Kickside, there were a lot of bugs. And, you know, we get a lot of angry people being like, where's my gold? I spent 20 gold on this. Because um, <laughs> they're spending the equivalent of like, a car on, you know, a spec on the internet, but you know, that's a whole other conversation for another day. But I developed <laughs> so much empathy as a developer to understand like, Hey, of course, customers want these solutions fixed in a timely manner. It's important to get those issues escalated quickly to the development team. Um, so back in the day, if you had met me, PJ, I was uh, answering with a lot of templates to customer support emails <laughs> saying, here's some free gold in massive exactly. amounts. <laughs> We're very sorry for the inconvenience uh, that your crops uh, did not produce as much as you thought they would. Please, please have 2,000 gold on us and seven diamonds. <laughs> actually, and it's actually, it's a little bit, uh, it, it's that time of year, right? It's spooky Halloween time. And it, usually in games, when there's updates, there'll be like a Halloween update. So Absolutely. It's all I pumpkins <laughs> being pulled out of the ground now. Well, I'm literally counting the hours down for my Animal Crossing pumpkins. They start on October 1st, but I'm feeling a lot Crossing of empathy. Do, <laughs> do they do pumpkins instead of turnips on Animal Crossing for Halloween? Well, I don't know yet because I don't time travel. I don't cheat in the game like some people. This is now a morality <laughs> in Animal Crossing TV show. But I play in real time. and uh, But yeah, okay, apparently this update that I just downloaded the other day, I read this article that says that all the pumpkins, all the like spooky Halloween decor, the costumes are coming out. Like Everyone's a bat. Very exciting. There's oh, a murder <laughs> mystery on Starfall Island. Is that what's called? Starfall? My island is called Baller. Um, but you can <laughs> gotta come visit sometime for sure. <laughs> yeah. Send me a switch and I'll do it. All right. So this is gonna be a differently formatted episode this time, y'all. Pretty right. exciting stuff. Um, it's gonna be a little more more chill, more free-flowing. You know, we got our hats <laughs> on, we got the Hawaiian shirt on. It's a very chill episode because <laughs> we know you, PJ, and we walked away from your last episode and we were like, you know what? We need to talk more about theme parks. And also, <laughs> we need to catch up with you on what's been going on because I know you and I have been working on some stuff, which we'll share in a little Perhaps. bit. That's but... a secret for 20 minutes from now. <laughs> yes. <right laughs> now. We'll get into that. 
But let's start with the most important update in your life here at PJ, which is uh, you went to Universal. How was it? <laughs> There's nothing more important than visiting a theme park during a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, uh, I miss them so much. And we mentioned them on every episode. <laughs> it's got, We might as well get it out of the way and not accidentally stumble into it later on, right? True. Yeah, true. so Universal has a deal right now where uh, up to today. So Florida residents, today's your last chance. Um, if you buy a one day admission to the two parks, you get the rest of the year for free. And as soon as they came out with it, I was like, that's very tempting. And then I was like, wait, there's a pandemic. And I had to wait and think about it. Then they announced that they were going to have two of the haunted houses that they do for an event here called Halloween Horror Nights. Um, the event itself was canceled, but they had already been building the sets for these gigantic haunted mazes that you can walk through. And I go to this event every year. Uh, the only year I missed it is because I lived in Korea. And uh, I found a way to actually go to the one in Japan the next year I was in Korea anyway. But they announced that there were going to be two houses available during the daytime. And all of a sudden, I had to really, really think about this uh, this ticket. So uh, I decided it was okay. I was doing a lot of research. I was looking up their safety policies. I felt comfortable with it. Um, it was busy while I was there, but people still keep their distance. And there was only one time when I was in line for a ride where I turned around and I said, oh, could you please step back a little bit? Thank you. And they did the whole rest right. of the time. And they they were like surly wow. teenagers. So I was like, oh man, they're going to make fun of me. And like, I get enough of that at my job. Um, <laughs> but they didn't. They were like, oh yeah. And then they would like make fun of each other when they went too close um, but it was, it was good. Like I felt safe and I felt like Universal was doing a good job. I did see your best friend, Chloe, the swamp monster holding a shrimp salad on top of the Universal Monster Cafe. He's still there. <laughs> he said, um, please tell Chloe, I miss her. I miss him I haven't there. seen her since she was here in Orlando for the Ignite tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you That's know, nice that he remembers I'm eating that. a low carb diet and I miss that. So for, for those who don't know, there is a Universal is divided into kind of different sections, much like a Disney World or land. And there is a food area that's monster themed. So they own all the enterprises for, uh, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula and all these things. And is it Creature from the Black Lagoon, PJ? Or yeah, it's the Creature Master? from the Black Lagoon. Some people call him, oh, there's like a nickname for him, but I forget. <laughs> Was he in the shape of one different guy? That's, that's guy, him. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> the, the very attractive fish man. It's kind of like a mummy looking fish man. And all of these monsters, you know, they're holding hamburgers and fries, but it's the funniest thing. The swamp monster is holding a shrimp louis salad. And it's the best, and it turns, it rotates. So PJ was kind enough to send me a picture of my dear friend um, <laughs> hanging out in the park. Um, well, that is so cool. Was So were you scared? Halloween is coming up. Was it a scary oh house? So the houses are actually really good. They're pretty scary. One of them is called Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. And nice. these are both uh, what would be called original houses. They do a mix of uh, intellectual property houses, which is where they take like popular horror movies and... Um, Things people know, like they did The Walking Dead three years in a row. There was a Walking Dead house, and that's an IP. But they also have original houses that are come up with, uh, oh, sorry, come up by their creative team. And one is Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. A little boy in like 19th century England refuses to give the Tooth Fairy his tooth, and the Tooth Fairy goes bananas and 
brings great harm upon everyone in the family. And there are these little like tooth fairy monsters oh, no. running around. Is this it was... canon in the rock universe? Because wasn't the rock the tooth fairy at one point? Yes, I believe movie? this is actually the the alternate version of that. It's like Rick and Morty. There's several universes. And in one, it's the rock. And he's got like a daughter to impress. And in another, they're murderous imps in 19th century sailor boy outfits. Do they give you money at the end? Because I feel like no, which is terrible, well, right? You like, gotta lose a tooth first. And my mouth put on your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> the mouth bones are their money, essentially. Really. Yes. Ah, mm. yes. 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 Which yes. Makes sense why they'd be so angry if you didn't give them their right. money. You're so. basically not paying them. That's you can't you can't stiff a contractor <laughs> like that. We all know that. The tooth fairy is basically just the mob. Is that what I think we just learned? <laughs> Very tiny, angry goblin mob. So, <laughs> I have a fun little Halloween techie anecdote, which is, um, so I love animatronics. We've talked about this before. One of my favorite pieces of technology is, is robots and animatronics. And I'm sure everyone, if you haven't already, Google it or Bing it, Bing it right now. That was a test. Use um, Bingo. <laughs> and there's a 12-foot skeleton for sale at Home Depot that everybody has been posting memes and tweeting about. And it's truly, it's 12 feet tall, very menacing. I want one so badly to put in my inside of my home like a Christmas tree, not even on my <laughs> patio since I don't have one. Um, but um, it's it's they're sold out everywhere and people are reselling them for thousands of dollars. It's a super, super hot item. But y'all, I have an exciting, exciting announcement. Um, a dear friend of mine, Ryan Drummond, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, which we'll get to Xbox in a second here, um, has voiced some of the Halloween voices of the animatronics at Home Depot and Target. And I'm making a trip there later <laughs> to buy one myself. So I'm very excited to be only one degree of separation from a spooky Halloween animatronic. Um, I, I love those devices. We have a phone that if you walk by it, it rings. And when you pick it up, oh. it says terribly frightening stuff like, oh, uh, spooky. don't hang <laughs> up. And then like a busy signal. But I'll I pretend like oh, a ghost good. flossing. It's like a ghost no. that flosses. And I was like, ah, no. <laughs> it's so good and it's so bad. <laughs> it makes me make this face where I'm like, hmm, nah. I'm Do you good. all put up Halloween decor for Halloween? I'm looking for my son here. I think oh, yeah. I have a skeleton that I always put out every year. Brandon, you better decorate for Halloween. <laughs> what do you do? You well, got to do something. A, it's a good question because we've been living in an apartment for the last five years and we never got trick-or-treaters. So we never felt that inspiration to do anything. But yeah, we just moved. So we're in a we're in a house now. We're in a neighborhood. And I know my wife really wants to go all out for trick-or-treaters. And she's the kind of person who's always wanted to give away the king size candy bars. Yes. And we're going to have to figure out how to do that this year and still be socially distant. But yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to be putting up decorations because the neighbors are already putting up their decorations. Yes. And we don't want we don't want trick-or-treaters to pass our house by. So no. we got to let them know. Skeleton. <laughs> Get good a thousand bucks. I know you just bought it's, a house in Napa, but find some money somewhere <laughs> and invest in a 12-foot skeleton. Do they, yeah. do they do financing? Is that- well, 
Yeah. You can get a Home Depot credit card. Second mortgage. (laughs) As you were saying that, Brandon, I was writing down a note because that's actually a really great idea for an IoT project with social distancing, Mm. figuring out a way to give candy to people in a safe way. Interesting. Stay tuned. You just throw it at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put, like, put caution tape on the sidewalk that's like eight feet away from your house, and they'll know to stand Splash there because, them. yeah, be yeah. like, if you're too close, uh, it'll be really scary because you'll get COVID. So stay back. Um, which, so speaking of, so I did a weird segue there from, from, uh, my panel who did the voice of Sonic, but did you all see the pictures of the new Xbox is so tiny. It's so small. Is that the digital <laughs> one that doesn't have the disc drive, right? It's well, most of the pictures I saw were this being is the disc drive, into, apparently, like, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they I know, you know, that meme of, um, SpongeBob and Patrick where they're all like, with their mouths open. They yeah. did that with the Xbox. So people have been putting like little eyes on it and stuff. So <laughs> it's been fun to see. People did the say anything meme where instead of holding, hey. the, back, holding the Xbox. So uh, this is a PlayStation house, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. I'm the bad guy. I'm, That's the I'm a Twitch girl last myself. time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Our first and last repeat guest. <laughs> Do you play a lot of Xbox, Brandon? I used to. I used to back in the day. My so what's funny is I never owned an Xbox, but we used to. I used to have friends over when I was in high school, and they would bring their Xboxes because I was the computer guy and I knew how to uh, hook them up for. Actually, you could do. I mean, the classic LAN parties, but back before Xbox Live was even a thing, there was actually ways that you could hook it up to your computer with the spare Ethernet card and get on the internet and play against people. Wow. And so because I was the one that knew how to do that, my friends would always bring over their Xboxes and we'd play together. And my friend Glenn just ended up leaving his Xbox at my place. And so nice. I kind of used to have an Xbox. And then um, <laughs> he took it back a couple years later, which rightfully so. But Fair's, uh, fair. <laughs> but no, in our household, we have all retro games. We have N64, we have Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis. Let's go around and name our favorite, like, weird, obscure game that we either had or have. Does anybody... I can I can start to give you an example. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I still have... I, I'm a Nintendo girl from the beginning. That's how I learned. Um, I still play my Switch every morning and get those Animal Crossing ATM points every day. Um, but I have my original Super NES... Uh, and I have Pinocchio's Daring Adventure, one of the strangest games. I still never beat it. <laughs> Actually, a pretty difficult game. Um, and I also have, oh, Britney's Dance Groove, or Britney's Dance Studio, something on PS2, which I my, my boyfriend keeps saying, you don't play your PS2, get rid of it. I'm like, I need it. What if I need to play Britney's Dance Grooves? And it's Britney Spears. <laughs> And technically, you're supposed to play it on like a, um, you know, the DDR foot pad. But um, if you play it on your your controller, it's more like Parappa the Rapper or something. Also, Um, but you are one of her backup dancers and you're auditioning for her tour. So your avatar is like either like a dancing, like, you know, very strong guy lifting people up or you're just like a beautiful lyrical ballet dancer. And one of my favorite games. How about y'all? Any weird obscure games from childhood or adulthood? You know, I, I was just thinking about this, and there's a game 
that I don't think gets enough credit. And it's on okay. the N64 called Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Yes! Has anybody else played that? Isn't that I amazing? It's one of the like, best racing games. Right? And I just got the itch the other day to pop it back in the N64 and start over again because it's such a it's such a massive game. I was watching there's a YouTube a video I was watching. Played it. Is it kind of like Mario Kart or is it different? Similar, yeah. Um, but it's Mario Kart where you're also in a world. So when you're done with the race, you can explore this world. There's, um, or I guess, there's different worlds inside this world. So um, yeah. you have to kind of beat the boss on each of these and work your way up. And then once you do beat that world, you get in a spaceship that blasts off into space. And then <laughs> oh. once you beat that, you can start playing the game all over again, but everything's in reverse. So that's cool. It's just a massive amount of content. And yeah, you know, I have nothing better to do during quarantine. So <laughs> that sounds great. Why not spend another 30 hours playing Diddy Kong Racing? I just yes, started I'm Paper thinking. Mario this morning. So <laughs> I'm taking PTO so I can beat Diddy Kong Racing, please. Thank you. Please respect <laughs> like my PTA? privacy as I work through it. Um so I, I have like a long history of video games. Um, when you said you need a DDR dance pad, I had a flashback to freshman year of college when I almost joined the DDR club at University of Florida. Um, we had there would be weeks. at that state also. They, they were yeah. <laughs> There would be uh, weeks where I got close to not having enough quarters to do laundry because I spent <laughs> it all on the arcade machine at the student center at UF. <laughs> Um, I used, I was the kid who like brought like a water bottle and a towel and like, I would like train, just pick the same song three times and like train at it. (laughs) And one time I was there with my drumline friends and we were walking by the students and I was like, guys, hold on. I got to go do something. And I went in and I played and they sat and watched me. And in my 17 year old, I'm a freshman in college mind. I was like, they'll probably think I'm really cool. And when I finished the song, I turned and looked and they were like, (laughs) <laughs> sir like, what are you doing are and i was you? like it's ddr um wow. i still play ddr but the obscure game because that's not an obscure game the obscure game is marble madness for the regular nintendo marble madness what is it that is, is that like in, it is in 3d and okay. it's on the regular nintendo and it's like you have to really get used you move like a marble or bowling ball type thing down a track and the goals to get to the the finish line and my mom was obsessed with the game. She loved what year it, so. is this game? Like, how are what oh, are the graphics man. like? It's like like 88, 89. <laughs> wow. And it is nice. like it, and the nice. fact that it's like got that that depth is really interesting because like Sega was the one that had like 3D and it was like this yeah. depth and they had 16 bits and it was aggressive. And for to do it on the NES, I just now that I know like a tiny bit about coding, I think about that and I'm like blown away how they were able to do that with like you know, a graphics chip that's got like like seven bytes of, of space on it. I think that's what yeah. like has completely blown my mind about programming now that like I'm further into my career and I understand what goes into building a game and, a, and designing a product like that. My boyfriend plays a lot of open world games and I sometimes just watch him and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the amount of detail and time and energy that is put into just making this. I think I took that for granted as a very simple thing before I learned how to program. So I have such an appreciation. Shout out to all the game devs out there, truly. Like you are doing 
magic. You were doing literal magic <laughs> that magic. I could never do. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And also shout out to all the cool, amazing VR stuff, um, specifically all the stuff that uh, Magal April Vogue and Code is doing. Um, some really cool gaming stuff happening out mm-hmm. there, y'all. Um, I like that you were like, it's like that doll seems so complicated and crazy. And then I think about the project that we worked on and I'm like, that was much less complicated, but it's so cool still. Speaking of which. I made a segue. segue. Let's go girls. We can't afford to play any more of the song. PJ and I have been working on. A project, y'all. I, I won't even call it a project. I'll call it a um, a calling. It's a a calling, really. a personal calling. Um, <laughs> PJ, do you want to explain the origins of this project? And uh, I'll I'll put a a link here for it to share okay. it with y'all. So uh, I'm on the internet one day, as I'm wont to do, and <laughs> I see a tweet that someone has retweeted, and it says, "If I were Shania Twain on Twitter." Every day I would wake up and tweet, let's go, let's go girls. And immediately I was like, man, that'd be cool if she actually did that. And then I was like, isn't there like a way that like you can automatically do stuff on Twitter? I know they're called bots. And normally when you say Twitter bots, it's followed by Russian propaganda. But this is a Twitter bot for good. And so I immediately messaged Chloe. I was like, Chloe, can you make a bot on Twitter? And she was like, I think I could. And then I said my idea and she goes, we're doing it. We're meeting this Friday. Get home from work. Log on. We're going to build a bot together. And I was like, oh, together. I don't. And she said, nope, you're in it now. And I was unable to escape Chloe's grasp once she got a project that she wanted to make. So we created the bot that tweets, let's go girls every day at, uh, is it noon Eastern, one Eastern standard time, like 11, nine, nine AM PST. So noon, that'd be noon EST. EST. And, uh, well, Brandon, first let us ask you, what is your familiarity with Shania Twain? Um, Please note that there is a wrong answer. <laughs> she is I mean, Canadian. Obviously she familiar with the song. Canadian, a feminist icon, um, created anthems for a generation. <laughs> Iconic. Um, <laughs> iconic. For those of you watching at home, we're like, who's Shania Twain? She's saying such hits as Man, I feel like a woman. And still the one. Still the one. Still the one. So lots of uh very feel-good. Oh, that don't impress me much, which is gonna be a V2 feature on the current Ooh. Shania bot. Um heard it here but- first. Oh, yes. That's this right. is a sneak peek into our deep promises for this possibility. <laughs> into our development process. But um, we've gotten so much positive feedback on this bot. <laughs> it truly was something that we built as like kind of a joke for ourselves so to learn uh, to teach PJ how to use um, how to build bots. We're starting with logic apps and then we're as we progress, making it more difficult. And we will be coming out with a blog post for that soon. Um, but you can get started at aka.ms slash let's go girls if you want to get started and get a little familiar with the technology we're using behind that. But it was actually really easy, right, PJ? I mean, honestly, not an ad for Microsoft, but also an ad for Microsoft because <laughs> it was <Yeah>. really easy. <laughs> Literally anyone could have done it. And I'm glad we did it first. But yeah, Chloe was like, we'll use uh, Logic Apps. Is that correct, right? Logic yeah. Apps? Yeah, we'll use Logic Apps to do it. And I was like, oh, so I kind of like get ready to dust off my typing fingers. And then Chloe was like, 
So I click this and click this. And did you create the Twitter account? Send me the login info. And look, it tweets itself. And I was like, oh, it was 30 minutes. And then and I, I got was the... like, <laughs> let's go, girls. That's what I was like. Wait, PJ, share our favorite part of making this, which is not technical at all, which people can see as the cover photo of our <laughs> So um, we finally get logged in. And before you send a single tweet on your twi your new Twitter account, on the bottom it says, uh, basically, we're so excited you're on Twitter. Let's get ready. And then there's a blue button that you use to get started. It says, let's go. And I was like, oh, snap. And so I screenshotted it and did my best MS Paint comma girls Perfect. afterward. And it's like Twitter knew. They, Perfect. They knew. They knew. <laughs> We've gotten so many people messaging us, DMing us, saying things like, you know, 2020 has been really hard, but this bot has given me so much joy. Thank you for this. I needed this reminder. People really need to be reminded that they need to go, girls. Um, so it was super fun to make, very easy to make. Um, Brandon, have you ever played with Logic Apps before? They're just so easy to automate things with. Yeah, and I did. I didn't do a Twitter bot but i did something similar where i well so we should probably back up what is azure logic apps so yeah <laughs> anybody anybody listen along at home who hasn't heard of azure logic apps it's a essentially a way to build an app that runs in the cloud that doesn't require you to write any code so if you can think of the same way you can build structures out of legos by using these building blocks to um you kind of piece them together and the next thing you know you have a, a house built out of legos and you didn't have to know how to write blueprints or lay drywall. You could just build a house out of Legos. Well, I guess that'd be a really big house. But <laughs> with Logic Apps, yeah, with Logic Apps is similar. You don't have to write any code. They have all these little modules that you essentially piece together. And so uh, the what I did was to basically watch Twitter for anything about my Git Trends app. So if... Yeah. This, this, I guess it's a bot, but it doesn't tweet anything. It just monitors if there's anything, uh, anybody mentions Git Trends, which is the name of my app on the iOS and Android app stores, download it today. It will, <laughs> uh, this, this bot will send me an email. So it essentially gives me a heads up that uh, somebody's tweeting about my Git Trends app and lets me know. But yeah, I had that up and running in no joke, five minutes. It was nice. just dragged in the Twitter connection logged in via Logic Apps to my Twitter account and then dragged in the, uh, in this case, the Microsoft Office 365 connection and logged into that account and just told it, hey, send me an email anytime you see a link to Get Trends on Twitter and include that link in the email. Done. And what's, what's really funny is when I first heard about Logic Apps, I was like, uh, that's cool, but I already know how to code. I don't know. This. <laughs> like, I can, I can write the code that. myself. I have the time and energy <laughs> to build this simple thing from scratch. I mean, that's yeah. what was so cool about it is, you know, obviously I told PJ when we started this out, I was like, we're going to extract everything and just build this in the simplest way and, and make it harder and harder as we go. And I was thinking, because we did this in like, I, I want to say under 10 minutes, probably a under seven minutes. Snap, a snap and a switch and it was But done. had we had to set up, uh, authentication because if you're doing something with the Twitter app, we had to get our you know Twitter developer account. It would have mm -hmm. really been a long, difficult project to start from scratch. So 
Um, it's a really, really cool, it's way different. If you're thinking of power, uh, so power apps and logic apps are a little bit different. I would say power apps are a little bit more to enable maybe folks on the administrative side of things. But with logic apps, what's really cool is, you know, let's say you're a developer and someone from your marketing team says like, hey, we want to track. It's just like Brandon said, this hashtag, like, can you build the spot from scratch? You can build it in logic apps and like, you know, under six minutes. Yeah. Easiest thing you, I've built. Then you take the rest of the week off. And just tell your manager you're still working hard on That's it. Right. And they'll be super impressed. This Check year, right now, the proudest <laughs> work of my life, Shania bot, took the least amount of time to make. Wild. <laughs> I believe this bot actually has uh, more followers than I do now, actually. It has the uh, power to heal there's, people. It's, it's got the feelings that you need to get through the day. And it's, mm -hmm. it's three simple words that we all need to hear sometimes. And and that's let's go girls, you know? And we will mm -hmm. be adding some features soon, uh, specifically letting the bot be able to give its opinions on um, if it can impress it much. Yeah. Will Someone's the bot asking, be impressed? But it can handle <laughs> time zones. Well, great question. The bot is currently a Twitter bot and it's on an Azure timer. So it's going off at the same time every day. But thank you for that feedback. We'll consider uh, tweeting for different time zones because everyone needs to know. <laughs> When it's time to go, girls. Listen, it's always time to go. It's always time to go. And go. Uh, PJ, you're, you're going to be speaking at an event soon. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of crazy, uh, these opportunities that I've been given. And it's uh, it's such an awesome, just uh, like blessing to have this. So yeah, there's a, uh, a Microsoft conference coming up um, on October 14th and 15th. Is this your first conference, This PJ? is my first conference. The last conference I went to was in Boston, and it was for really? education. And oh. it was March. And I was like, oh, it'll be warming up. And that's a lie. Boston is freezing in March. It was <laughs> for a Florida boy who likes to wear Hawaiian shirts. It did not work out well for me and my poor skin. <laughs> um, but this is a conference called Start Dev change and i'm so is, excited for this one Try really it is very much mm -hmm. about people who are looking to switch into tech and people who are sort of unsure where to start and um it's two days the first day is uh, a whole slate full of speakers um amazing speakers vogue and code uh you mentioned earlier we'll be speaking i think i'm on so a panel Sophia, who was on our show uh, uh -huh. our favorite bread making developer will be on a panel yes, as well i, I saw believe. that Danny Thompson is going to be on a panel as well. Um, there's all these names. That, and it's funny because I was looking through like the speaker list and I saw like Microsoft, 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 like senior developer, senior developer, and all these people. And then it was like PJ Metz, English teacher. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a mistake. It should say co-creator of the Shania bot. I'll need to update it, I think. Mm -hmm. I'll need to ask them to update that. Um, <laughs> to again, that my, immediately. <laughs> my co-creator, it means that I sat there and Chloe was like, so we do this. And I was like, yes, we do. Correct. Emotional but support during pair programming right. is just as valuable. Okay. I am the rubber right. duck in this situation very much. <laughs> um, so I'll be speaking. I'm giving a speech called uh, Confusion is the Sweat of Learning. All about how important it is while learning something new to actually allow yourself and understand that it's okay and actually preferable that at some point you're confused. Um, yeah. So it's it's a small All speech. All, you, honestly, just be, <laughs> never never get out of confusion. Actually, just constantly wander around like a like a 
just the ingenue, just not knowing what's going on. <laughs> a little worried and tense. No, but um, yeah, when you learn new things, we have this expectation um, in the world, it seems that if you get confused, that's bad, or it means you're mm-hmm. dumb, or it means you're never going to get it. When in actuality, confusion is your brain working harder to make connections that you need to understand something. So confusion is the first step towards understanding something. So the whole speech is about how important it is to persevere and how important it is to understand that when you're confused, you're doing the right thing um, and you're on the right path. And it just takes a little time to move from confusion to a deeper understanding of whatever it is you're working on, whether it's an app, whether it's uh, learning to play a musical instrument, uh, my sister randomly actually decided she's going to learn to play violin. And nice. cool. she sends me videos sometimes. She's like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, just keep going. Like, leap into <laughs> that that I don't know and do it till you do know. Um, yeah. So often that moment, uh, the moment between confusion and understanding, we we don't celebrate that moment. We simply think, oh, finally, I'm done being confused. But that moment, that spark of, I mean, it's literally neurons making a connection in your brain. There's a literal spark that happens when you understand something. So the light bulb metaphor, it's not a metaphor. You're lighting your brain up when you finally understand it. And that that needs to be celebrated. That I just wanted to, to share this image, PJ, because I saw this the other day and I thought of your talk. Um, and it says what growth really looks like. I think I saw April post this on Instagram and I mm-hmm. felt this deeply uh i even look back so like the term growth mindset which satya talks about a lot in his book and we talk a lot about here at microsoft is a very new concept to me in engineering and it's been really interesting for me to be bad at something because i did musical theater my whole life and it was something that i felt that i had perfected but then i think back and i'm like huh maybe if i I had stuck with ballet a little bit more (laughs) maybe i wouldn't be such a terrible dancer (laughs) right (laughs) I just was humiliated in ballet all the time, but I love this chart. It also reminds me of that Mm -hmm. one. That's like the iceberg of success where people don't really see like the highs and lows, but Oh my goodness. I've been in those uh, engineering down ticks where I want to throw my device across the room. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that, uh, that, that chart because the point where it feels like you're at your lowest is still higher than where you started. That's true. But it's that that drop throws people off and they're like, I'm never getting back up there. You were already there once. You're going to get back there. That's true for, for learning. That's true for mental health. That's true for, for every facet of our lives. Understand that growth is not linear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that I wish... And I'm, and I'm curious what your take on this, PJ, being a high school teacher, is that yeah. uh, I wish this was taught better in schools because... Yes. When Absolutely. I was growing up, yeah, like when I was growing up, uh, getting anything less than an A was bad. And so failing a class was terrible. And that's the worst thing you can do. And it wasn't until I since graduated, kind of joined the, I guess we'll say the real world. And you that's where you learn that failure is a good thing because failure means you are learning, you're making progress. Just because you didn't get it perfect the first time doesn't matter. But what I found myself before then, I was scared to try new things because I didn't want to fail. And I think a lot of that, I point back or look back at my experiences in education growing up and just being taught that failure is bad. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, uh, 
what what is that like in in high schools today? Is anything changing, or is uh, are we still kind of forcing that perfection from the students? Uh, there's still, I think it's a cultural idea for a lot of people, the idea that failure is something to be avoided. Um, but I, I do believe there's change happening. Um, one of the things we instituted this year at the school I teach at um, is a social emotional learning time once a week. And students watch a video about some social emotional learning aspect. Um, uh, this most recent week was actually um, a very heavy topic, but it was handled so gracefully. We talked about suicide awareness. The previous week was growth mindset. And it was about the importance of understanding that uh, it's not about whether you succeed or fail. It's about whether you improve. And mm, improving happens over time. So expecting yourself to be amazing and spectacular the very first time is not feasible. Um, it's ironic. One of the places that I see the I have to be the best mindset the most is going to be in the advanced classes and the honors and AP courses. Um, I have a student who um, very worried came to me and said, Mr. Metz, my grade dropped by two percentage points. And I was like, well, all we had done was kind of like, kind of like homework questions. Like who's this character? What are they doing? What's their motivation? Which is essentially for completion. Like, so yeah, you had a hundred in the class and then I put a test in. So your grade went down to a 98. And she was like, yeah, what can I do better? And I was like, oh, kiddo, you did great. You got a couple questions wrong. I was like, you're really going to hate the first essay I give you because I'm not going to be nice on that one. <laughs> um, but I stress and I, and I tell students all the time, at least in my class and a lot of the teachers at my school do the same thing, the importance of uh, like that didn't work. Let's find something that does. Yeah. And keeping that line of communication open so students know when something does go wrong or go unexpected, they can come to us and say, well, this went wrong. What can I do? And then we say, ah, so here's your here's your learning opportunity. And yeah. even at the um, uh, the AP Summer Institute I went to this summer to uh, every year, AP teachers go to a summer institute where they review how. That. Yeah, they review how to set up the class and how to make sure it's an AP class. They talked about um, giving students chances to redo things because it's not about getting it right the first time. It's about being able to do it. Yeah. And if yeah, you're able yeah. to do it by the end, it doesn't matter how long it took to get there. I mean, I feel that's, like that Cherry's so well into programming. So many things. Yeah. Because yeah. I, so I'm, I'm a mobile app developer. I've been making iOS and Android apps for years and I just started dipping my toe into web and I made my first website last You're week. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to PJ's help. But, um, and, and I'm struggling and it's tough wow. and um, little things that seem like it should be simple. Like I want, this is an internal website just for Microsoft employees. So having that Azure Active Directory login to make sure you, you are validated or authenticated as a Microsoft employee before you can uh, come in and join the site. And these things that, like we were talking about earlier, we see these all the time, all the time in our day to day life, and uh, you're like, oh yeah, of course that every every website does that. That should be so easy. And uh, I am still struggling with just little <laughs> things like this, and it's it's frustrating. But I know I'm learning, and that's mm -hmm. that's kind of my motivation for keeping on going because I I could stop it where it is. It's good enough. It'll work for what it needs to do. But 
I know I can figure this out. And yes, I've failed probably five times this week in my attempts so far. But instead of looking at that as failure, I now see that as growth. And I've learned things along the way. It's just those things weren't my final goal. So I'm, I'm still yeah. learning. I'm still growing. But yeah. I'm confident I can get there. And yeah, I love that, PJ, because that, that analogy plays so well into my day job as a senior developer. Absolutely. Yeah. We all, when we all start, we're all terrible. Like, <laughs> like we all start I'm knowing gonna, nothing. <laughs> I'm going to stay terrible for a long time at a lot of things, guys. I mean, to, to take it back to the, the dancing metaphor, full disclosure, y'all, I'm a terrible dancer. I was a, luckily a very good singer and actress, so I was able to make my career in musical theater off that. But I did a production of Hairspray where I was just thrown into the trenches. I had to learn a bunch of dance. I'm usually not a really good dancer, but I was given this opportunity to like show off my dance skills and to really work hard at it. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, like they put me in the front. Maybe I know what I'm doing. And I feel that way a lot with coding as well, because I'm the same way with the programming language. I'll be like, I don't, I need to not do this. Like nobody needs to see me program and see right now. And then I'll like start playing a little bit more with it. And I'll be like, actually, you know what? This is a little similar. Okay. I'm thinking. So I think it can be, I, I always advise folks, especially a lot of actresses that I know now who are learning how to program. Um, I'm like, if you get discouraged at the beginning, like don't let that deter you because like this stuff is really hard but like it takes time for it to marinate and to fully like there will be that moment where it clicks but then you'll also want to click yes. out of the browser tab yeah <laughs> i'm freaking done with this and anybody <laughs> and anybody that says it's easy or you just have to do this yeah don't let them discourage you because the truth is it's not easy but when they say it's easy what they really mean is i've done this before and right. i've already made those mistakes and I can show you how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm trying to remove from my vernacular is avoiding like, oh, yeah, it's easy. You just go blah, blah, blah. <laughs> because whenever I hear somebody say that, when I don't know how to do it, it is, it's like oh, instant yeah. cringe. I'm yeah. like, it's not easy. I wouldn't be asking for help if it was easy. <laughs> I used it just means you've done it before. Inverse of that to like make myself feel better. Like when I am in a room and I feel a lot of imposter syndrome and I'm like, oh my gosh, these people know way more than me. I think, well, none of them could sing the entire score of Legally Bond the Musical on demand right now, do every single part in on key. <laughs> and that brings us to part two of this show, which is part Chloe two. performing all of Legally Blonde. Can Get ready, imagine? Twitch. A benefit Spotlight. for girls who code um, coming soon. No, just kidding. I wish that would be great. Um, but speaking of passions and specific things that we have interest in, real quick, in the couple minutes, PJ, we'll do plugs. But you have a cool poetry website because you are a poetry fan and you've been singing. Tell us about it. I do. It. So poetry is my, my jam. Um, I still write once in a while. I actually went to a... Uh, a Zoom poetry uh, workshop with one of my favorite poets, Shay Alexi. They are a poet out of Georgia and they write a lot of uh, uh, feminine centered poetry. Uh, one of their best is a poem called um, An Ode to Femme Friendship, The Night Witches. And you can read that poem on my website, ynfp.net. And what ynfp.net is, is something that when I first started coding, Brandon said, so people learn best when they have a project to work on and not just doing whatever the coding program or the teacher tells them to do. So what do you want to build? And my thought was, no one reads poetry except a bunch of poets. When I do open mics, it's the same 14 of us hanging out. Um, 
And there's a lot of amazing modern poets out there. I'm talking like this year, right now, people who are writing stuff that will just knock your socks off. Um, and I thought we should be talking about these people. We should be talking about poets that uh, resonate and are making modern pieces that are valid and interesting and that you're not going to read in your literature class um, because, you know, you're an adult. You don't have a literature class anymore. Uh, but everyone knows Emily Dickinson. Everyone knows Walt Whitman. Uh, but I wanted to highlight people that everyone should read and experience so I created a website and um, it started out with hard-coded HTML with links to uh, to the poets and the poems. And then I turned it into a list using a link. And then two days later, Brandon was like, let's make a database. And now there's, there's a <laughs> database that Brandon helped me to create for this wow. website. So this has been like an evolution of my skills. And if you and go, you there's a random... We, it was like, <laughs> we like finally got the database there and we had everything coded and then we shipped it and like, we went to load it and it was like error. And Brandon was like, it's been four hours. Uh, we're just going to revert to the old version. Bring up your GitHub. <laughs> and then the next exactly. week we spent four hours making the database work. And at the end I pulled it up and I saw my website. I was like, we did it. Thank you, Brandon. And then I was like, it looks the same. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Spent eight hours and it's exactly the same, except yep. there's a database. But and, and yeah, it's all open source too. <laughs> it is. You can see it on my GitHub medicine around. Uh, you can see the website ynfp.net. I have another website that I pushed. I published it last night, and it's in CSS hell. It's terrible. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with CSS, guys. Uh, if anyone wants to, yeah, tune into do PJ's it for me. Dream, maybe. So tell us about your Twitch stream where they so can catch Twitch, you online. Yeah, twitch.tv backslash Metzen Around. I'm finally coming back this week. Um, I have been grading harder than I've ever graded in my entire life. And that's actually no small feat for me. I'm usually very distracted when grading. Um, I'll put it off and put it off. But I've actually been doing a good job. So I'd like to uh, a little pat on the back for me and my, uh, my difficulty concentrating. But... I'm finally getting back on this week. Um, I'm going to try and actually make the website look presentable and Fine. good. It is a uh, a website where you can get like um, my resume and like uh, when I do presentations, the presentation itself will be available there and it's got links to all my social media and stuff. Um, I don't even have a name for it yet. Right now it's it's like conferenceresources.azurewebsites.net or something. I got to see um, if right off the top. was taken. PJ's, yeah. <laughs> with like PJ's portfolio. Uh, oh, there you go. Ooh, <laughs> and is uh, is this one open source too? Uh, this one, uh, currently I don't have it up on GitHub, but I, I anticipate I'll be putting it up soon. What course. days are it's you like, streaming usually? It's weekends, right? Yeah, Sundays uh, at 11 o'clock is when I try and stream. And I'm on there for anywhere between an hour to... to I did it for three hours one time. That was a good session. Cool. I learned 11 a.m. Eastern time? Eastern Standard Time. That's correct. Darn. Well, we are at the final minute here. Um, PJ, oh. thank you so much for joining us. This was you guys are the best. Such a pleasure as always. Thank you for coming back and joining us. And I think I have the, the perfect way to segue us out, if you don't mind. Let's go, girls. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>